You're listening to Wonderland, episode 14, Dirty Little Secrets. Welcome back to another episode of Wonderland, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Aaron. We're happy to have you with us as we explore some dirty little secrets. Oh my. Which just sounds like worse <laughs> than it really should. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it does. I thought, I saw the title and thought, is this the right show? <laughs> we have only three more episodes left of Wonderland. Wow. <gasps> That's sad. And they're moving things along. When Jenny and I Yeah. When Jenny and I watch this episode, and we do a separate short form podcast show over at TVtalk.com, but when we watch this episode, at the end, Jenny said, I something like, I have never wanted to see the next episode so much as right now. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be pretty intense. It will be. I like the way that they're moving this along, but that was a cliffhanger. Well, let's start our discussion here with this episode. One of the things that stood out to me is in the past episodes, we've talked about the Vorpal Blade. and Which that name, why? Comes from the poem Jabberwocky. Good. And that was the sword (laughs) that slayed the Jabberwocky. Really? Yeah, in the poem. We even listened to that poem, I think, and I didn't catch that. Yeah, I tried to dramatically do it, but didn't do nearly as good as the embedded video. And that was in episode 13 of our podcast, if you want to go back and see that. (laughs) We've got that in the notes over there. But in this episode, they did call it the Vorpal Blade. But what stood out to me, and why I'm starting with this, is in the previously in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland section. Mm -hmm. While the voiceover, or the different voices were playing parts, and they said Wonderland's most powerful magic, they show in the previously shots, a shot of the knife. The vorpal blade yes inside of <laughs> jabberwocky ew and then it shows jafar pulling it out or, you know summoning it out so you know it occurs to me that when we found her she looked like a circus act gone wrong <laughs> <laughs> well circus act aside <laughs> are you saying she doesn't anymore well okay you're right she definitely does very very wrong I do still think that maybe that blade is Wonderland's most powerful magic, and they were reminding us, re-reminding us <laughs> of the fact that this is Wonderland's most powerful magic, and maybe it will sad. be what's used to defeat Jafar. Could in be. The, in the previous episode, they did also say it took an army, right? And Wonderland's most powerful magic? Yes. So they talked about armies a lot this episode as well. So I wonder if that's another key that's going to come into play. Very likely. Very likely. Let's start our conversation in the past of what we saw in the show. <laughs> some of the flashbacks. <laughs> Many years ago, to be exact. Some... <laughs> or to be vague. <laughs> <laughs> About a hundred years ago. We know that we've heard that number mentioned in the episode. And they're playing this game that's kind of like poker, And 
Cyrus bets with this compass and we've seen that compass before or later or later in life. <laughs> Cyrus, who turns out to be of a very different ethnic background than anyone ever would have guessed, but hey. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Even perhaps that his own brothers, it right. might seem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it works. It could be worse, but I was a little like, oh, okay. He's from Agrabah. <laughs> Didn't really fully expect that. Um, his real life father is Dutch and his mother is Mexican. <laughs> so we'll talk more about his mom later, but <laughs> real life mom. But uh, that compass is the same one that Cyrus showed to Alice in the episode Home. And we talked about that where in that episode, Cyrus had said, that the compass would point to his mother. After he became a genie, the Cyrus pointed to his mother until one day it stopped pointing. The Cyrus pointed? The compass pointed. (laughs) And then we also talked about how that compass reminds us a little bit of the compass that uh, was in Once Upon a Time Mm -hmm. that Hook used in order to navigate to different places. So they're basically a class of parental locating compasses yeah something like that and also a a reused (laughs) disney device because they used it in pirates of the caribbean as well but that's the compass so now we still don't know how he got it though and at this point i kind of doubt we're going to get a backstory to a compass yeah if we even need a backstory it's just cool to see them use a prop again like this yeah The game that they were playing, I tried to look it up, and it's basically poker, just with a different name. Is it actually a thing? Cards. No. The, well, the the word that he said, capo, is not any specific name of a game that I could find. It does mean head, or sometimes translated as foreman from Arabic. Hmm. Something's so lost in he might have been. Yeah, he might have been saying the hand of cards that he had kind Uh of like we might throw down a hand of cards and say ha full house ah maybe that's what he was saying not like capo like bingo or uno or something like that or like dabo in deep space nine (laughs) yeah (laughs) his cards all looked the same though i don't know if anyone looked at that closer but it looked like he had five of the same card we'll have a screenshot in the show notes maybe (laughs) you can learn how to play this game too and tell us how you get capo just don't I think you, you cheat. Know, get your mom's house set on fire. Okay. Did that surprise you? Did Cyrus's backstory surprise you in this episode? Uh, surprise would be too strong of a word. <laughs> Once, I mean, I don't know. You know, it's almost hard. It feels sort of right, especially once he revealed that his brothers were the other genies. I think we had speculated, someone speculated about Amara being his mother before. I think we had various reasons for poo-pooing the idea. Uh, but partially because, and he even did it in this episode, he said he would refer to lifetimes, like he's thousands of years old. And then it turns out it happened a little over 100 years ago. I don't consider that to be lifetimes, and I think it threw off our sense of the timeline. So now it makes a lot of sense. And it's clearly what they've always intended. It's just their language has been a little bit well, overstated. Two lifetimes. A hundred years could be two lifetimes of different people. Blah. 
But then again, you pass a genie around for a hundred years and <laughs> he'll have hundreds of masters then. Yeah. Making hundreds of wishes. Those aren't little lifetimes. I was really surprised that he was so dishonest in the past. Like, obviously, what he did for his mom was honorable. Maybe not smart, but honorable. But what, like, cheating at cards and stuff, like taking people's money, that surprised me just because of how stand-up of a guy he seems to be in the present. Right. So I guess he just learned. He learned his lesson. other horrible people. (laughs) He did. Yeah. Yeah. The Well of Wonders was really, I mean, many things <laughs> odd. <laughs> zombie and, infested? Yes. Yeah. The zombie infested Well of Wonders was odd. And I did a little research on Well of Wonders and I couldn't find any specific fairy tale that connected with Well of Wonders. Hmm. There are other things like fairy tales that mention Cave of Wonders and other things of Wonders. The one thing I could find that was that did specifically say Well of Wonders is a recent children's story where this boy discovers a well that gives all of these wonderful gifts, but each gift disappears after just a short time. Hmm. And this story has a moral to it, and it is the, that the boy learns to appreciate every minute that he has. Aww. And the the story even mentions television, so it's it's a fairly recent well, children's yeah. story. But we'll have a link to that in the show notes at once podcast. Let me say that again. We'll have a link to that in the show notes at wonderlandpodcast.com slash 14 if you want to check out and read that whole story. I found a story that, well, I actually mentioned it in last week's podcast when I was looking for what fairy tale Cyrus could be from. And I was researching like three brothers, three sons. Um, There is a fairy tale called The Water of Life, which is obviously even in the title kind of telling. Um, And it's about three brothers and they're trying to save their father who falls ill. He's the king. So it's uh i we can probably link to it in the show notes as well it's um similar it's not the same at all there's dwarves and stuff in it but the <laughs> idea and the water of life is definitely on on the same page as this this episode yeah and this what they said about the water my first thought was that sounds like something from oz to make a cowardly man brave make a greedy man generous and a sick man healthy Except that only, I thought the same thing, and yet only one of the three is actually Oz-esque. And (laughs) also, only one of these things is something someone can really control, or can't control. I mean, a cowardly man can learn to overcome cowardice. Oh, I see, yeah. A greedy man can learn to overcome greediness. But a sick person may not necessarily be able to just overcome it. Right. It's possible that it did all of these three things... In this instance, kind of like it made a sick woman healthy, Cyrus's mom, but he was kind of greedy. That's kind of even what the guardian of the lake or what was it? She called the guardian of the Nyx. Well, zombie. Yeah. <laughs> the guardian of the water. Guardian of the water. She even guardian said. Of the well of wonders. She even said like that he was going off his own desires. So it kind of made a greedy man generous. We know that Cyrus is no longer the way that he was. And I I wouldn't necessarily say that he was cowardly, but he's definitely brave now. He wasn't before. It's like kind of did all in one. Yeah. And oh, so much more. (laughs) Yes. 
So almost everything bad that's happened in this show has been his fault, ultimately. Yep. Ooh, ouch. It's true. Amara was supposed to die. So he went beyond the fates, apparently healing a woman <laughs> with magic water that wasn't meant for her makes her some powerful sorceress. I don't know if there's more to that story that we'll find out. I don't know if that's the source of her magic, if she was that way before. Something else happened later. But regardless, her path continued. She didn't die. She stayed young, maybe because of the water. Um, they did put an awful lot on her. And she made Jafar in many ways, what he is. So, you know, yeah. Anastasia's thing is a little bit separate, but a lot of the other bad things that have happened have sort of been Cyrus's own fault. Yeah. I, I didn't really think about that. He is basically responsible for Jafar indirectly mm -hmm. and Amara's motives now for everything that she's done and maybe will continue to do. We don't know yet. But her motives, I think, can be questioned now or re-questioned based on what we now know of her story. But it does remind me a little bit of what that guardian of the water said. All things happen for a reason. Only with time will you understand what that reason is. Thank you, Miss Creepy. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I did a little research on her name. Nyx, N-Y-X, is uh, the Greek goddess or personification of the night, a shadowy figure and a figure that was supposedly stood at the beginning of creation and had uh, other personifications that people had, including sleep and death. And she certainly looked like death <laughs> worn over or whatever that phrase is. Warmed. And or zombie, basically. Yeah. And also, um, Nix is a, a German story about a shape shifting water spirit or a German title for a certain kind of shape shifting water spirit that often appear in human form. Hmm. They she tend to favor a lot of Greek mythology. Yes. Yeah. She reminded me of the creepy little kid that comes out of the well in the movie The Ring. You. <laughs> well, like, I'm sure they got it from the Greek stuff, but she looks very similar. The hair, the outfit, rising out of the well. <laughs> Pop culture reference within a Greek mythology. <laughs> nice. And once again, the rule of Once Upon a Time has been upheld. First rule of Once Upon a Time. Which is? Everyone's related. Yes. <laughs> so do you think Amara is doing everything that we've seen her doing later in order to get her sons back? And that's it. She just wants her family to be together. Because remember, a common theme in Once Upon a Time and in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland is you do anything for family. Yeah. I can't remember enough about the types of things she said about love. To remember if that might be her motive or not. Is True. she a love is weakness person or is that more Jafar's thing? 
that was a bit more Jafar's thing because she said that she loved Jafar. Yeah. And he never reciprocated that. But I wonder if this whole thing about her pursuit of the genies has either been to find her sons and rescue them, or maybe she does want to change the laws of magic in order to change the past, to undo the things that they did so Mm. that they would have their freedom. Maybe. Interesting. I think that definitely if she didn't have books about genies, when we know now what we know, it would be strange since she should be looking for her kids. So I definitely agree that that would be something we should question. What a fitting punishment that was for the brothers, though, because the guardian in her extremely creepy and thundering voice (laughs) at the time (laughs) said, you let your desires override fate. Now it will be your fate to override the desires of others. Serve. Serve. Yeah, serve. Uh, Yep. And so that happened. I wonder, wonder sorry, responsible for other genies. Maybe she, maybe that's the, the way you become a genie. Maybe because we know there are other genies, not just because we've seen a different genie in once upon a time, but because Amara had a book that was all of the world's knowledge about genies. It wasn't all of the world's knowledge about three genies. It was about genies and it contained these three. Does anyone else remember the old show, My Three Sons? I keep getting the theme song stuck in their head since this episode aired. <laughs> no. I've never like heard of that it? show. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> it's a very old show. Look it up on YouTube. But yes. I wondered if uh, the reason why the... Sorry. I wonder if the reason why Jafar needed those three specific genies is because of how they were cursed. So... They were cursed to then serve the desires of others because they let their desires override the fates. And that's kind of what Jafar is trying to do. Like he desires to break the rules of magic to serve his own purpose. Um, So I just wonder if that's significant at all Um, because of how they were cursed specifically. Yeah, it could be. I wonder if maybe Jafar will be surprised to discover that when he tries to enact this magic, it actually won't, but it will free the genies. What if that happened? And free Amara. That'd be a big freaking letdown. (laughs) It would be, yeah. Because it'd be like, you mean all of this, we should just let him do his thing? (laughs) Nobody had to die. Nobody had to get hurt. Just Alice, make your wishes. That would have solved everything. That would be a terrible ending. I suspect there's going to be a bump in the road or two before we get to that. I have a theory about what the bump might be, but. Remember that (laughs) Cyrus once said that someone had tried to wish him free and it ended badly, or he had referenced something like that in some way. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that was maybe another family member, maybe even his mother. And. Uh, or someone who just took sympathy with the actual story of what happened and wanted to try and free Cyrus. Imagine what kind of genie Cyrus would have been when he first started. Probably a little bit like Will, a little bit reluctant. (laughs) (laughs) Will is a little bit, um, well, I guess we're going to talk about it later, but 
considering he complains about how Anastasia does everything for her own comfort, he's pretty whiny about having spent what, like less than 24 (laughs) hours as a genie and probably less than 10 minutes in his actual bottle. But it has no toilet. Agreed, but. (laughs) (laughs) Did you, did either of you think it would be Amara when you first heard about the mother? I Um, did. (laughs) Not, I see, yeah. Credits are spoilers too, but you almost can't avoid them. I saw her name. I was like, well, okay, she's in this. I guess she's their mother after all. Right at the beginning. I, I don't. I didn't remember her name. Oh. And often I don't read the credits because I'm so focused mm-hmm. on what's going on on the screen. And also when I watch the first time, I watch with subtitles. So if I'm reading something, oh. it will be subtitles that right. I'm reading. So I didn't catch it at all. But Aaron, you said you did think it was. Why? Uh, yeah, I don't really know why. But as soon as he mentioned his mother, maybe it was because of something Jafar had said and then something Cyrus said. I'm like, oh, his mom must be Amara. I And I do think we talked about that, but I don't remember who had what theory. Um, but as soon as as soon as we like saw her um, laying there with the bandages on, I I was completely convinced that that's who it was. Because otherwise we could have just seen the burns on some other random person right. and missed the whole big reveal. But I was still surprised because just because you think that doesn't mean, like, I think a lot of things about the show and they don't all come true. So <laughs> <laughs> I know in our forums over at wonderlandpodcast.com, a lot of people had theorized that for different reasons. When I saw uh, the bandaged figure and and, you know this is a common technique in the mummy yeah this is a common technique whenever you can't see someone they're not showing you for a specific reason i know so i knew they were hiding who it was until later and i thought okay there are only two female characters we know of that this could be or that would have a reason for being so connected i thought one is amara and the other one i thought is actually the jabberwocky Oh, oh! That would you're gonna say Cora? Really weird. <laughs> no, this is the one time I'm not saying Cora. <laughs> ew, ew! The Jabberwocky cannot ever have spawned anything. I sure hope. <laughs> Oof. Oof. It wasn't quite the you know Neil is bear balefire revelation, but <laughs> right. I was still surprised, and I was I was happy with that. Happy with being surprised that even this late in the show, when they only have three episodes left, that there are still surprises for us. Yeah, I mean, the whole ending will be a surprise, but hopefully certain connections. <laughs> that's what I mean by surprises. Do we think anyone else is related? Oh, I'm sure they all are. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the Sultan is related to Amara in some way. I think that would be gross. Anastasia actually is Cinderella's stepsister, apparently. Yeah, maybe. Perhaps. And, and we'll talk more about that in just a moment. But before we move on to talking about the present day in Wonderland, I want to thank someone who has helped make this podcast a happy place for us. Lisa Slack, thank you so much. You are not a slacker. Thank you for <laughs> donating to support this episode of One's Podcast. <laughs> Actually, of Wonderland <laughs> podcast. She supports One's podcast, too. That's and nice. She's a subscriber, so she makes automatic donations. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that. 
Our main podcast is over at onespodcast.com, but it does cost extra to do an extra podcast too, because that means more website traffic, more media hosting, more expenses, and different things that we need to bring into the picture. So thank you so much. If you would like to sponsor an episode of Wonderland Podcast, these last few episodes that we'll probably have, because I'm guessing the show will only be one season, you can go to wonderlandpodcast.com slash sponsor to make a one-time or ongoing automatic donation. And thank you so much, Lisa, for contributing to this episode. Thank you. Let's move on to the present. Yes. One of the things that right away inside the tent, Anastasia confirmed is that Jafar doesn't know about the relationships between the genies. Right. And I'd imagine that would be a secret Amara would have closely guarded because she's the only one that knows that truth. Jafar has had this book for a while and he's read it, but it probably says nothing. That doesn't mean that he posted it on Reddit, but it probably says nothing about the genies being brothers. Right. It would be a little hilarious if they all get out of their bottles and none of them are the brothers because something's happened like what happened with Will and... They're totally different people now. <laughs> I'm just saying that's totally possible. It's true. <laughs> That'd be actually kind of sad. Yeah. Sad. Hilarious. Same difference, right? You're like we could have left. <laughs> I like the direction that this episode is hinting that the show is going in these final episodes. And that is for a battle because Anastasia said they need to raise an army. And later she went to the rabbit specifically for the purpose of helping him or getting his help to raise an army to go against Jafar and take back Wonderland. And that's going to be cool to see instead of it just being a few people fighting for decisions that affect the rest of the land, it's everyone fighting to take back their freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they did have quite a hangover from Will's <laughs> beer. Right. That was, Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't really sure what to make of that scene. That scene in my notes got a jabber equals creepy in capitals. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, She's particularly creepy. That was a hangover. That wasn't her putting them to sleep. That wasn't just where the commoners sleep. There was a hangover. It was weird. Because this is the day after Will granted. I guess genies know how to throw good parties, or at least Will does. Well, he did say something like, uh, I don't think there's going to be any consequence except maybe a hangover or a big <laughs> hangover. But uh, yeah, sure enough, there was a major hangover. Everybody just sleeping on the streets right where they were. And you know, right before that, I have to point out in the tent, they even came to this big conclusion and all simultaneously, or at least a couple people simultaneously said, we split up. Like, could you stop saying split up every single week? I mean, who does that anyway in such times? But they do. <laughs> they do it every week. I made a note of it, perhaps not last week in the podcast, but I definitely said something online while I was watching the last episode. Because who really says that in real life? We should split up. <laughs> but they did. So, yeah. And then there's Jabberface. <laughs> oh, she's... She's good. I'll give her that. I don't even believe she's human. That's some good acting. Yeah. Scared to death. And 80s makeup, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When uh, Jabberwocky was 
inside of Jafar's, now Jafar's palace, she touched the staff a little bit, like ran her finger along it. It made me wonder. Like she does. (laughs) Did she know or could she sense who that was? And maybe if she could still sense a personality, could she read Amara's fears and learn Mm. something that maybe Jafar doesn't even know? Maybe. That's interesting. I think either either that or she is reading Jafar's fears and he still has a fear that has to do with Amara that would point point her out as being the staff. Mm-hmm. Also, she might recognize how powerful it is and want to take it. Yeah, I see some kind of opposition here, maybe building between Jafar and Jabberwocky. It's kind of what happens in his partnerships. Well, yeah. And he's forgetting that. And he keeps saying stuff like, I did this all by myself. When she's right there. <laughs> I'm confused about why he doesn't just stick the knife back in her and put her back now. Because really, he has no use for her anymore. He has the genies and the bottles. And now all she's going to do is be opposition to him. Like, you'd think he would know that. but Well, that might be something that we'll see in the next episode. Is that he'll say, now to tie up some loose ends. And then he sticks her with the vorpal sword (laughs) or maybe she'll be his servant in some way that he'll she'll do his dirty work his pet (laughs) or maybe i can't see her joining the good guys nope she's just an evil thing that needs to be put back on the wall (laughs) needs to be vorpaled shall we say (laughs) Um, let's shall. Pin the Jabberwocky on the donkey. And then there was her whole thing about babies. Oh, that oh, was that. such a creepy scene. I'm like, that they they almost crossed the line there. Except for the show being about stealing people's firstborns. Little <laughs> jabber jerk. Ugh. Well, it does help communicate how ugly she is. And speaking... Of Jabbernasty crossing the line. <laughs> How about Lizard's eyes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. thought that whole thing was sort of unnecessary and a little illogical. Thankfully, they didn't try to give us any rules. At first, I the first time I watched, I thought they did. I thought it was supposed to reveal... Whatever the last thing her eyes saw was. But they didn't even try for the rules because they knew what they wanted to see. And it made no sense whatsoever. Because when Anastasia closed her eyes, she was already dead. And if the eye, if they were going to see anything that her dead eyes saw, well, it should have seen the Jabberwocky, which wouldn't have helped them at all. So... But okay, it showed him Anastasia. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And Jafar used a little bit of Latin in order to bring about the vision. which at least gummy bear spells. I I went to the authority of all translations. That is Google Translate. And it translates (laughs) very roughly. Yes, I know. Very roughly to the sight to behold, vision clear. Or actually, I would probably just knowing my extensive knowledge of latin when i see the word <laughs> revelare i think reveal <laughs> so it was probably more like Revelare. reveal the vision 
was basically what he's saying. But it's cool that they are using actual Latin. They're not just like pig Latin or, or made up language, but they are using whenever Jafar casts a curse, it's always Latin. So I watch the subtitles, I write it down, then I run it through the Latin authority over at translate.google.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. It was gross and caused him to chase the person he was already chasing anyway. So, you know, okay. I think they just as easily could have made it show Will and that wouldn't have really changed a whole lot. They wouldn't have known he was the genie. Yeah, we never saw Jafar surprised that Will was the genie. Well, he was already all... Like he was out of his bottle the next time we saw him, right? So we didn't actually see when Jafar saw right. Will being the genie. So maybe and, that was cut. Yeah, because of the nature of TV shows. Limited time. <laughs> Jeremy's sound effect there reminded me of water, <laughs> which reminds me of something that Anastasia had said, is yes. that magical waters run beneath all, all the lands. The lands. Well, isn't that mighty convenient? Well, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, we kind of knew this already, just from all the lands that we know of so far. Yeah. How can we never seen Zombie Face before? Well, maybe no one just summoned her before. But now it might make sense why Storybrooke appeared where it did, because maybe that's where our land's Well of Wonders is. And so Storybrooke came through where the Well of Wonders was, where the magical waters were eh. beneath our land. A little bit of a stretch, mm, I know. They all, like like Nostos and that well, they've all pretty much done whatever they want without visits from waterlogged zombies. I have a theory about that. Mm. <laughs> um, in a lot of supernatural shows, such as... Buffy and Charmed, which I talked about last podcast, <laughs> there's always a rule that like a natural death cannot be undone. So in all of the instances that we've seen water from Lake Nostos, Storybrooke, Wonderland used, I think, or sorry, Neverland, it's always been a con like the death has always been a consequence of magic. So when... Uh, Charming needed the water to de-gold the guy <laughs> in Once Upon a Time. And uh, when Charming needed the water because he was poisoned by the magical berries and stuff, that, that was all kind of magic. It wasn't a natural death. Whereas some, like, a gang of guys setting a house on fire is more, it's just kind of fate, I guess. Yeah, and Amara wasn't dead yet. Right. But she was unconscious, it seems, because she didn't know what had just happened. Yeah, that was kind of weird, too. It was really cool to see Anastasia making up with the rabbit and asking for forgiveness. It was. Yes. I was a little confused, though. He got his family back, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. She's all like, what I took from you, I can never give back. Well, he said also honor. Oh. The comfort, just all the, the pain that she caused. 
that she can't um, fix that now. And that's why he just had to acknowledge, well, what's done is done. Hmm. Yeah, but it was cool. And to see her then wanting to take back Wonderland for the people to be the hero that Gotham deserves. I mean, the <laughs> queen. <laughs> to be the queen that Wonderland deserves. Yeah. And giving us a battle that we all want to see, because that sounds good. Yeah. I think a battle could really could really liven things up a little bit. We need a battle. I think it should last the next three episodes. <laughs> I'm curious about how the rabbit knew the Jabberwocky was released, but the Tweedle didn't. Is it just word on the street? Like, who else would know other than Jafar? Well, those rabbit ears, you know. Yeah, word on the street. And don't forget, this is... Was this after, in the episode, was this after Jabberwocky visited the village? I'm a little confused now. It was yeah, it was after. After, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe just word got around. Someone was awoken from their drunken stupor and saw the Jabberwocky. <laughs> and they didn't quite die because they were too drunk to be afraid. And <laughs> had too much of a hangover. But yeah, word got around somehow. Somehow. Mm-hmm. Oh. And the jabber freak can smell fear. Well, a lot of animals can. <laughs> <laughs> they can? Literal fear? It's it's a certain hormone or something pheromone. that activates. Pheromone, yeah. Hmm. Apparently she can hmm. also make all the animals silent. Well, I would be silent, too, if I knew she was nearby. Yeah. It just helps communicate the idea of this is something very fearful. It just everything has been stiffened by fear. I just wonder how Will did not notice that everything went silent. Especially since that handy little sound effect happened. Yes. (laughs) Does that mean she can teleport? Yeah, because she was teleporting. Well, that's true. She does that constantly, just not always with a vump sound. She did that with the guy in the village. She went from one side to the other. And she did that with Anastasia, just vump, 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 vump. She came up right behind her. I wish I could do that. (laughs) And then disappeared when she turned around. Yes. Jabber creep is so creepy. I was really impressed with... um, Emma Rigby, who plays the Red Queen slash Anastasia, I was really impressed with her acting in this episode. She had to go very deep in a lot of emotions in this scene was very good as well. But in the next scene that we'll talk about, she did a really phenomenal job, I felt. Yeah, Yeah, just practically sobbing there. And uh, remember, Will doesn't have a heart. So... That's how he can just sit there so right. calmly oh, yeah. and only say logical things. Do this, do that. He he can't feel really anything right now. I wonder if he just buried it in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> or threw it behind a tree, which is apparently how Anastasia decided to hide the bottle. <laughs> I know she's here because everything's silent, so I'm quickly going to throw this behind a tree. Don't worry, I threw my satchel a couple feet the other direction as a diversion. (laughs) She throws the bag, she hides the bottle, then she runs a few more feet in another direction. She's like, there. 
Anastasia seems to know about the Jabberwocky. Like she knew, um, I think it was her who said she's free. So she knows it's a she. And so you'd think that she would know how it works, like how the Jabberwocky works, how that she can read minds. And so if Anastasia's thinking, I hope she doesn't find the bottle I just threw behind that tree over there, she's going to find the (laughs) bottle behind the tree. Well, the Jabberwocky does more than just reads minds. She digs around and finds things. Yeah. And we even got to hear some of that sound effect in (laughs) the episode when they were in the little birdcage. The little birdcage. Oh, big birdcage. Genie cage. So Anastasia's identity might be a little more clearer to us now because of what the Jabberwocky said about being turned down by the prince in favor of her sister. Stepsister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that means Cinderella. I think so. I believe that's what they're trying to tell us. Yes. We've talked about this before because once we knew her name, Anastasia, we did some research and the two things that came up were a Russian fairy tale and Cinderella's stepsister. One of Cinderella's stepsisters was named Anastasia. Mm-hmm. And now it kind of makes sense, too, for other connections with the storyline. Yes. And her mother because... was very much like the mother in Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, yeah, we saw her mother. It's been so long. Yeah. And we saw Ashley, a.k.a. Cinderella. So. In the pilot episode. Yes. Of Wonderland. Yeah. So if she were not, if they were referencing something else, they're crazy. What if this story ends up where Anastasia and Will and everybody goes to Storybrooke and then Anastasia meets Ashley? That again. could happen. Because they don't, just because somebody's in Storybrooke clearly doesn't mean that they have to ever be in the show again. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's bigger than you think. Big enough to get lost in. Kind of like the fearful crevices of your mind. (laughs) Little pig. Little (laughs) pig. Let me come in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Little pig. (laughs) That's not nice. That scene was very dark. (laughs) It was. And at first I thought, wow, Anastasia is valuing her crown and jewels more than Will. I didn't think so. But second time I watched it, I realized it wasn't until after the Jabberwocky said, wish for your crown or I will hurt him. Mm Mm-hmm. That's when Anastasia gave in and started wishing for those things because she does fear losing Will. Mm -hmm. She was just preying on her fears. I don't think that it said a lot about who Anna really is. It was just manipulation. And I definitely think that that torture had been going on for a long time. She didn't look very good. So I think that, you know, that was the whole point of her torturing her was to break her down. And that's even what Jafar said, like, Don't stop until she's broken. I wonder if maybe there's some bumpy road ahead for Alice and Cyrus because of some of the stuff. At least more riddles. Yeah. Some of the ways that they were communicating here. As soon as I saw the two doors, by the way, I realized instantly what kind of riddle this was and exactly what the answer was for the riddle because I enjoy those kinds of riddles. Yeah. 
There are different forms of the two doors riddles. That's one form, which is where it's one guard that lies. Uh, But another form of this, and the more common form, is that there are two doors. One leads to eternal happiness and one leads to eternal punishment. And there are two guards, and each guarding his own door. And one guard always tells the truth, and the other guard always lies. But you can't tell which one is which, and you can only ask one question. Good grief. Yeah. Which is, it's a fun riddle. It's from Alice in Wonderland as well, correct? Oh, is it? I believe so. Mm-hmm. I tried to research that, and I wasn't getting a lot of clear answers, and I didn't have time to go back through the book. But um, as soon as I like Googled Alice, night, door, lie, it came up that it was from there. So it says there are two nights, one which always lies and one which is always truthful, and they are both guarding a door. And I feel like that happened in Alice in Wonderland in kind of in the maze somewhere so i think that that's from from there okay well cool then that i thought they were just pulling from a common riddle but to know that was also in once upon a or in uh, alice's adventures in wonderland and yeah i think i'm now remembering that as well and i'd completely forgotten that connection there that's cool who was the guard because he seemed familiar I don't know. He seemed very old <laughs> and bored. <laughs> he did not have the best sense of humor. Well, that's true. But that's, you know, to be expected. Well, neither did Alice. And she wasn't catching on very quickly, in my opinion. <laughs> I was glad they didn't drag that scene out quite a bit. <laughs> because it could have... It, it, at first, I was like, oh, man, another roadblock. Would you please just work on the plot that you've already established for the episode? But I, I think it worked. It didn't take the entire episode or even, you know, 20 minutes of it, as some other roadblocks they've run into have done. Well, and speaking of roadblocks, the way Cyrus is now approaching his life could be a slight roadblock in his relationship with Alice because this caught Alice's attention when he said this. I don't think yelling at him is going to... I'm tired of my fate being decided by others. People telling me what I can and cannot do. I thought when I got out of the bottle that things... I'm sorry, Alice. You said this can't be the only way. Yeah, I thought... Honestly, I thought if that's enough to freak her out, they don't know each other very well. It is probably the first time he's been non-level-headed with her, though. Or anything other than fairy tale perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he is hiding things from her. Yeah. And ditto. I I sensed, yeah, that's the whole we need to catch up thing, and I sensed resolution to that already. Yeah, because Alice did confess, or not confess, but she told him about... <laughs> well, kind of. Yeah, told him about what she went through and mm-hmm. that she was about to take that procedure which Mm -hmm. that she mentioned that procedure makes me wonder if that's going to come back like what if in the finale episode they have jafar in custody and dr lydgate comes and gives him that shot (laughs) goodness that would be weird i don't know that'd be hmm that could be a lot of fun yeah or she (laughs) where this is all like this is all happening during the procedure and she just wakes up that'd be horrible i know (laughs) Um, oh, I don't want anything to end with, and she wakes up. <laughs> Neither do I. I'm just saying it's, it's a possibility. 
not a good one, but. <laughs> and lives miserably ever after. <laughs> now, one of the heartbreaking, gut wrenching, throat choking, well, not throat choking, <laughs> uh, choking up moments in this episode for me was when the Tweedle came yeah. to Anastasia in the prison and he brought that bread for her. And he was just so loyal. And he said, we can still get out. We can get out together and um, run away together. And I don't know if there's any kind of romantic feeling there. I don't... He would have paid her ransom. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's so touching, I think, for her to realize, despite all the wrong that she's done, here's someone who does still care about her and is genuinely... Uh, concerned for her and wants to save her Mm -hmm. that when i watched that especially the second time i just felt a little lump in my throat just (laughs) seeing him bring that bread and say this was as much as i could get and it was really neat i think and i think the next episode even though anastasia told him to go to leave her i think he's going to stay with her and he's going to free her and Mm -hmm. he'll be a a partial hero yeah yeah because yeah why not free her if she thinks she's just gonna have to stay and die anyway she might as well get out of the cell yeah and then she might as well escape and then she might as well go do other things <laughs> the table shook quite a bit when he put all the genie bottles together everything shook everything shook even the camera <laughs> <laughs> well yeah he said let's begin and then he opens the book and it looks different than we've ever seen it look before. Well, he also opened to page one. <laughs> well, okay. And apparently it had just the genie's bottle mm-hmm. on page one. So there's some kind of procedure he has to do now to enact this and change the laws of magic. So maybe when he gets tired and goes to get a snack before he's finished, <laughs> they can steal the genie's back. Right. Oh, maybe not that kind of procedure. I have a theory. What's your theory? I hope it's better than Jeremy's. Yeah, and we, I'm totally spoiler free, so this might be completely out of the. Oh, she thinks it's a good theory. And by the way, while you mentioned that, (laughs) Jeremy and I. (laughs) Jeremy and I are also spoiler free, but we will have some spoilers after the music closes this episode out. Spoilers from Hunter. I'm spoiled, and it's definitely the snack break. <laughs> Aaron, please, <laughs> share your good theory. Um, yeah, so I don't even know titles, but um, I I feel that Will's, I, we've talked about this too, Will's heart is going to be the reason why Jafar cannot immediately do the spell. So perhaps the spell calls for the heart of the three genies. Um. We know that Will doesn't have a heart, and so that might be one of those roadblocks that I was talking about. That's a very interesting theory. I like it. And then during snack time. (laughs) He'll be like, I finally get all the genies, and one of them's damaged goods. This is not fair. That's it. That's the extent of my theory. I, especially from this episode, seeing why Cyrus and his brothers became genies, I think it makes even more sense to think that Jafar might become a genie because now he will have to serve the wills of others. But that means that he would still be 
potentially able to be freed. And yeah. yeah. And mm. and just alive in general, which I'm not yeah. a huge fan of that idea. <laughs> Speaking of alive <laughs> the or lack thereof, the the pond scum girl mentions that <laughs> they need to bring Amara back. Cyrus yeah, now well, knows the that water his specifically. Alive. So it's like, so get that snake staff, turn back into your mother, wring her out good <laughs> over the well. Or well, or Anastasia, just throw the staff in, maybe. Anastasia now knows that whoever is in the staff used to be Jafar's assistant. Anastasia knows there's someone in there being held captive. And maybe True. with that knowledge, Anastasia can help. And they'll bring just the staff back to the well, drop it in the water, and uh, Senorita Green will come out, <laughs> or Gray, or whatever zombie color she is, yeah, <laughs> will come out and turn the staff back into Amara, free the genies, and then Amara can either just peacefully die, or she'll be around and she'll be able to thank her sons, or maybe she'll be able to, once Jafar enacts this super magic, maybe she'll be able to overpower him back as a person again, like before bringing her back to the well, maybe she'll be a person again, and she can take the power from Jafar change the laws of magic, which would undo her son's ever being genies, which would undo Jafar's ability to have any power. I think Jafar should become a staff. (laughs) I think, you know, based on everything that's happened so far, I think that he's not going to die. I think that he's going to suffer a fate worse than death. And there's no Tweedle that's going to come to his aid, probably. (laughs) That's true. Um, (laughs) I am trying to recall if other than in the episode where we learn that Amara is now the staff, if he's ever referred to the staff by her name again, which I don't believe he ever has. And then this episode, he did refer to her by name. And I believe he did so in front of the Jabberwocky who would probably be able to get that information anyway, but he seems to be pretty careless with that information likely so that it will be easy for cyrus to find out that that's his mother <laughs> like oh yes. he's calling his staff amara oh that's my mom's name oh she's still alive oh <laughs> can i borrow this how about you go out for a snack right now <laughs> <laughs> well that is a random thing to call your staff oh i get it his eyes even glow red like mother's I feel that there should be a wish rule added to the genie's repertoire that coerced wishes not be granted. It's very not fair (laughs) that Anastasia wasted all her wishes because she was being tortured. That's true. And I liked the throwback that they did when Alice said to Cyrus, uh, sometimes you just have to play the hand you've been dealt. And that that was something, those exact words were what his brother said to him in the past. Hmm. His brother said, one day your luck will run out, Cyrus. You have to learn to play the hand you're dealt. So I think that it's perhaps showing that Cyrus has not totally changed, but I think we learned that he has changed quite a bit. Well, we've got three episodes left now of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, and we would love your feedback and theories. And we had a couple emails that came in 
about some stuff that we ended up talking about mostly here, but I want to still give some credit to different people here. Uh, Jacqueline, one of our co-hosts on Once Podcast, said, did Amara play Jafar by making him think he could change the laws of magic with three genies, or did Amara just want Jafar to set her sons free? Ooh, I like that. It's a good theory. Jacqueline had also suggested that maybe since everybody's connected, everybody's related, maybe Nyx is the mother of Jafar. <laughs> oh my goodness. Or uh, I'm sorry, of Amara, not Jafar, oh, of Amara. Nah. <laughs> I don't think she Nyx was awfully is a... familiar with her. <laughs> she was. <laughs> she wasn't shocked at all. In fact, she knew what was coming. That whole scene played very strangely, actually. But she's familiar with magic, right? We know that from that she taught Cyrus a bunch of magic. So I wasn't surprised that she knew that that was a bad idea to take the water. Right. But she even knew who to expect. So. Yeah, knew what Amara would do, what Amara was capable of. You mean Nix? I mean, of Nix. Yeah, what Nix was capable of. Nix. Nix. can't get it right (laughs) and slurpees 108 pointed out to us uh, another theory about the well of wonders and maybe some similarities here with once upon a time the well of wonders that we see in wonderland looks very similar to the gazebo where (laughs) this might be a spoiler for current season three i mean we've seen this so far in once upon a time but it looks very similar to the gazebo where aurora and Philip were in season three of Once Upon a Time. Maybe that's where the Well of Wonders is in Once Upon a Time, and Aurora and Philip have been tasked with guarding it in some way. Maybe Aurora will become a zombie water lady. <laughs> Maybe she is the no. <laughs> <laughs> well, we would love to have your feedback and theories for upcoming episodes of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. So here's what you need to do. Email us your theories with the episode title in the subject line of the email to feedback at wonderlandpodcast.com, or you can call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221. You can also go to wonderlandpodcast.com on your computer or iOS device and send a voice message right through the website for the podcast. Chat on the forums over at oncepodcast.com slash forums. And you can get the show notes for this episode and some of the screenshots that we mentioned over at wonderlandpodcast.com slash 14. We've got three episodes left, so be sure to send in your feedback quickly. It's best to send it before the Sunday after the Once Upon a Time in Wonderland episode. We do these podcasts live. Wonderland podcast is live on Sundays at 6. Once Upon a Time podcast live initial reactions at 9.15 p.m. on Sunday. We have our new podcast about resurrection live Sunday nights at 10.30 p.m. initial reactions. And then we do Once Upon a Time full discussion live on Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. And all of those times are in Eastern time. If you're confused by that schedule, just go to oncepodcast.com slash live. And you can see when each of those shows are and join us in the chat room. Big thanks to everyone who joined us live for this episode tonight. We really appreciate it and the feedback that we've been getting in the chat room. We'd love for you to connect with us on Twitter. You can follow the show on Twitter at Wonder Podcast or at Once Podcast for our other primary show. 
And follow each of us, too. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. I'm Aaron, and you can follow me on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. And stick around for spoilers after the music ends. But until next time, I want you to think about how much you can accomplish in 60,000 milliseconds. <laughs> and thanks for listening. Wonderland Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed like our new Resurrection Revealed podcast over at noodle.mx. And big thanks to our sponsor for this episode of Wonderland Podcast. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, please go to wonderlandpodcast.com slash sponsor. Hi, Wanderers. Hunter Hathaway here with your spoilers for Wonderland Podcast. Season 1, Episode 11, Heart of the Matter is directed by David Boyd and written by Jenny Kao and Katie Wesch. According to the ABC press release, Alice and Cyrus discover alarming information involving prisoners Jafar has under his control and changes their priorities. Meanwhile, the Red Queen is in critical danger and no one can help her except the Knave by surrendering information to Jafar that he's desperately seeking. In flashback, Anastasia is about to marry the King and strikes up a friendship with Cora that directly impacts Will. Cora also confronts Will, resulting with him asking her for a shocking demand. Guest stars for this episode include Iggy Pop as the voice of the Caterpillar, Trevor Lerner as Burly Guy, Maddie fin- Finico as Tweedle number 1, Ben Cotton as Tweedle number 2, Petta Sergeant as Jabberwocky, Brian George as Old Prisoner, Barbara Hershey as Cora, and Michael Johnson as King's Guard. If you look at the promo, it looks like Jafar wants Will's heart or the Red Queen will die. Then we see the Red Queen, Anastasia, in a wedding dress. Alice knows where the heart is, and they are headed to Storybrooke. Looks like the Knave's heart is there. Cora returns, and someone will die. So who's going to die? Well, ABC has released a press release for episode 12, airing on the 27th. Alice, Will, Jafar, and the Jabberwocky are all mentioned, so it can't be them. That leaves Cyrus, the Red Queen, and the White Rabbit. Who do you think it could be? Well, that's all I have for you today. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at Bit of Pixie Dust. Until next time, Wanderers! (laughs) 